Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ace Space, the volleyball podcast brought to you by CEV. This is a special unscripted edition where we take a deeper look at one of the unscripted series. Today, we go to the beach, a proper warrior of beach volleyball, Clemens Doppler. Before we get into that, who have we got with us today? Of course, we have Kira Michael. Hello. Hi. So lovely to be here. So lovely to see your smiling face on this Tuesday evening. <laughs> and we have Matt Rogers. Hello. Hello. Great to see you both. Lovely smiles all around. They are smiles, actually. Did that sound forced? Did that sound forced out of, out of no. Matt? Mine was genuine. I'm genuinely happy to chat with you guys. <laughs> I am too. Uh, don't tell the guys we speak to on the Ace Space podcast, but this is the highlight of my week. Uh, oh. Right. As, as is tradition, Kira, heads or tails? Heads. Tails. Matt, how are you? Great. They're really good. Pleased to win the coin toss without even participating. Love it. Got to take the wins <laughs> where you can in this day and age, Matt. Um, any building this week? Uh, yeah, there is. There is. I dismantled 10 pallets. You know, wooden pallets. Why? Because I'm going to use the wood. The wood is treated. It's ready to be kept outdoors. It's going to be my cupboards in my, my kitchen. Oh, my yes. Spanish kitchen. Yeah. Why, so, is yeah. It, why is it a Spanish kitchen? I don't know. That's just what they're called, I think. It's a bit like soakaways. Everyone in the world knows about them, but you two. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make up a little jingle for Matt's construction lessons that we have every time <laughs> on the Unscripted podcast. So, Key, other than learning about Matt's Spanish kitchen, what have you been up to over the last mm. few days? I wish I had something exciting to bring to the table. <laughs> I've just been hanging out. It's quarantine life. I mean, just a bit of reading, a bit of podcasting, a bit of... Uh hanging out with my teammates that are still here and working out i don't know nothing exciting <laughs> well i see you've been making or certainly making videos about some pretty delicious baked goods oh did you see that oh yes i'm a little bit embarrassed because look when i get together with my teammate Lindsay, she is a fantastic chef and i'm a fantastic eater so i go along <laughs> just for the ride i go along to film to dance to have a little drink a bit of wine and then there, there's a cake at the end of it, so no complaints. Oh. But yeah, then I upload that to, to YouTube and well, the whole world can What see. What we do know is when we are able to do one of these face-to-face, -face, Matt, if Key doesn't bring cake, there will be real problems. <laughs> While we're on food, I've got something I want to raise, actually. Oh, go on. Because Dave let slip that he made a mistake with some pizza boxes and I wondered if he's going to confess to the world. Oh, I... <laughs> a mistake with some pizza boxes. Please, do tell. <laughs> so, quarantine, I've been making a real effort to, to eat well and it's it's gone really well. Uh, without wanting to give you uh, too much of a boring dip into my personal life, I've dipped under 100 kilos for the first time in two decades, right? So, June wow. 2019, I was 123 kilos. I'm currently like 97, so going all right. However, on a Friday, takeout night, we had pizza. Obviously, mm. I ate all of mine and all of the side orders. Caroline, the love of my life, she doesn't have quite as much of an appetite, so she saved a quarter for the following day. I got up early, cleaned the living room, cleaned the kitchen. First thing you do, put the pizza boxes in the recycling with her quarter of the pizza in it oh no oh, i was in bad books i was in bad books <laughs> and you... pizza the next day is almost better than pizza the day please, of oh i please. agree i love it the next day listen can you two not gang up on me please i thought this was my safe space 
I thought this is where I could come <laughs> to get backed up by my friends, my the colleagues, my space. teammates. And here you are, nailing my coffin. Only because it's pizza. Honestly, it's yeah. the one thing I I've lived in Italy. Pizza is sacred. This mm. might sound a stupid question, Key, but is Italian pizza notably mm. better than the rest of the world? Oh, 100%. I don't know what it is. I, it's something in the water. It's something in the way that it just oozes off your hand and you 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 can't even it's you can't really pick it up because it's literally not solid <laughs> it's mostly just cheese <laughs> and vegetables oh it's so good yes the more cheese, which is actually funny because my teammate argues with me all the time she loves dominoes okay. and i just think that's yeah. not real pizza no i'm a dominoes man I love a dominoes no matt it's not real i think each have their place it's they're like separate meals, aren't they? It's like, um, I don't know, instant coffee and, and proper coffee. I mean, instant coffee, it's not as yes. good, but it's a separate drink. Exactly. And it's something you grew up on, maybe. And that's what you're used to. And that's, mm -hmm. you can like that. That's fine. But that's, you can't say that that's better than the real thing. I had a colleague, uh, actually at the CV, um, called Alessandro. And I'm sure he'll listen to this at some point. Good man. He could not understand why I loved barbecue sauce on a pizza base. He couldn't get his oh, head Oh, barbecue sauce it. on a pizza base. I'm all over that. He couldn't understand it. I was like, but it's just as good. I'm not saying that it's in, always instead of tomato, sometimes tomato. But if you can have barbecue sometimes, why wouldn't you? I had barbecue on Friday. Yeah. What did Caroline have? Yeah, I did. Three quarters of what? Uh, some kind <laughs> of... Yeah, three, three, three quarters. Well, she she's a vegetarian and she loves spicy food. And the idea of a vegetarian spicy pizza... <laughs> I, I, no, not for me. Thank you. <laughs> That sounds delicious. I'd go for that. Well, okay. So when we when we do finally get to meet up, you bring the cake, I'll bring the pizza, and I'll try not to put it in the bin. Moving swiftly on, uh, let's talk about our unscripted guest, Clemens Doppler. Uh, what what a guy! Like elite mentality is what I got from him. Uh, what were your thoughts before you had a listen, Keith? Uh, well, I'm not gonna lie. I'd heard the name before, but I'm not necessarily a beach. Mm, connoisseur so okay. yeah I, I went ahead and googled him as you do and mm -hmm. uh seems he's had yeah a pretty illustrious career as you said four olympics he's qualified for or something mm -hmm. like that that's incredible that is really incredible and all the other setbacks as well injury wise but we'll talk more about that afterwards matthew well, he was actually suggested straight away by my colleague uh, kiara not kira <laughs> she said straight away he'd be a great guy to get on he's proactive on instagram uh, interesting story behind him obviously a long um wide career in terms of what he's done um around the sport so yeah he she was straight away first name boom beach volleyball get clemens on and um he accepted straight away obviously great and um yeah, it's one of those, the more you heard from him, the more you wanted to Google him. So I, I actually Googled him more after listening to him than I did probably before. Um, mm. But yeah, that's the beauty of Unscripted, isn't it? Mm. It, it kind of gets you closer to these guys and then you want to find out more. I'm on tenterhooks then. Let's have a listen. Uh, hugely respected on tour. He's been a pro for over 20 years and this was a great chat. A few weeks ago, at the very start of lockdown, a lot's changed since then, but one thing that won't have changed is his desire to get back out on court and do things on his terms. This is Unscripted with Clemens Doppler. Clemens Doppler, beach volleyball icon for more than two decades. Now onto his fifth Olympic cycle, he's battled through four knee reconstructions, played in three Olympic games and won two European Championship goals. Now a father, he's still as ambitious as ever and determined to be the master of his own destiny. 
I gave him a call to check in and see how he's passing the time. Ah, hello, you're here. Hey, hi. How, how are you? Bored as everybody, I guess, right now. <laughs> uh, so in Austria, everything happened quite early. So I'm sitting home like everybody here in Austria and um, trying to get the day over. So the reason I'm calling you today is I'm spending a lot of time trying to focus on the positives. And one of the things that I can't wait to do when this is all over is just go to the beach. <laughs> just go to the beach uh, and see some volleyball and get my feet in the sea. Uh, and it's going to be amazing. Um, who are you quarantining with? With my family, luckily, with my girlfriend and my daughter. So, you know, normally the, the time uh, that we are right now, we're somewhere else in the world playing beach volleyball tournaments. And uh, we're not. So that's the good part of all the mess that's going on, that I can see my family every day. My daughter, you know, she's supposed to be in kindergarten. She isn't. So we have to think of a lot of program that is day-filling that she, um, of course, she's getting bored sometimes. But I think till now, we're doing a good job. It must be nice in a way, though, because you spend so much time on the road. And obviously, being on the road is something you love. Otherwise, you wouldn't still do it. But uh, it must be nice to be able to spend that, that time with her. Because she's not very old, is she? Uh, she, she turned six in February. So, no, she's not very old. And, um, you know, I, I always try to see the positive sides of all the, the mess. So that's for sure the biggest positive uh, side effect of the corona, that we are staying home. We are 24-7 yeah. together, which brings some problems as well but uh, <laughs> all in all it's 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 really nice um and i'm glad to to spend it with them of course does she travel with you um she's going to one or two training camps a year with me not to tournaments except the one in in, in our home countries mm. but uh you know at the training camps i have more time for them um at the, the tournaments i really have to keep the focus high and there's not a lot of time to spend with them so We've been at one or two trainings camp and they went with one, uh, one with me to Tenerife. So gladly we, we were there and could practice and stay together there. But yeah, right now we should be somewhere playing beach volleyball in professional ways. Where would you be now if you weren't at home? Um, it would have been Mexico the week before. So yeah, right now, you know, we tried to to focus on the next day because we don't know anyway what, what will happen the next weeks. So we just try to see the next day. That is the one thing about beach volleyball. You don't go to anywhere horrible, do you? They're all such <laughs> amazing places That's that you true. guys travel to. So be before this, this madness all kicked off, where were you really looking forward to or what were you really looking forward to this season coming? Just to, to start the Olympic qualification season. I mean, mm. the Olympic qualifier, it's already, uh, yeah, last, last season uh, mm -hmm. it kicked off. And um, there were really some highlights. It would have been European Championships. It would have been the Olympic Games. It would have been, you know, the yearly home tournament, uh, the major in Vienna. Mm -hmm. So that, that, those are the reasons why we're practicing in the winter. Those are the reasons why we do that, what we're doing. So, and right now there's nothing this year. And this, this really is terrible feeling. Are you managing to stay fit or are you just giving yourself some time off? 
No, no, we have a training schedule. Um, the other day we, we got all the equipment we need. So I built my own little gym at home. Oh, nice. Because, you know, that's the only thing we can do. We cannot play beach volleyball. Yeah. I mean, of course, I try to play with my daughter on the balcony, but, you know, that's <laughs> not the same thing. But we can, we can lift weights, and uh, this is what we are trying to do now, just trying to stay fit and be prepared for the day that we, when, when, it, uh, yeah, when we can practice on a normal base. So you're lifting weights. So when you get back on the beach, the guns are going to be big. The chest. All the biceps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lifting weights actually in the the room of my daughter. So they're all Barbie dolls. <laughs> we wear Barbie dolls and my weights. So that's that's a nice setup, I have to say. Oh, amazing! And then you can pretend that the Barbie dolls are your daughters as well. So everyone. Wins. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And so one thing we do know now, though, is the dates of the Olympics, and you mentioned the. Uh, the Olympic qualifications um, has that changed your plans at all or are you still full steam ahead do you, do you think you can get to another games difficult question mm. um, I mean we have some uh, question marks ahead of us um, that we right now don't know the real answers but the plan was or the goal was to go to Olympic Games and I think that's still the plan even if it's next year of course everybody's getting one year older yeah. um, I think a lot of teams were really prepared to be in July this year to be at their top level mm -hmm. so that's a big challenge to you know now yeah, you have to plan everything new mm. but um, I always I was saying that um, if I want to finish my career I want to you know be the one who is deciding it yeah. And right now, I don't want to end coronavirus to that the coronavirus is ending my career. So for me, of course, some parts were changing in terms of practicing, in, in terms of preparation. But the big goal didn't change. So it's just one year later. Being master of your destiny is, well, must be so important as, as yeah. an athlete. I mean, in, in other team sports with bigger teams, I think here in the UK where we've got football and rugby and massive team sports, there's been a big thing in the news about players who have probably played their last game professionally and not even realised it yet. Terrible. It's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, you've had an incredible career, a long career, and the idea of you retiring on your terms, finishing on your terms must be huge for you. Yeah, that was always my, my wish because, you know, I had um, four major uh, knee operations and uh, I was, yeah, more, more or less four years out of, uh, mm. of competition because I ripped my ACL four times. So if my knee doesn't stop my career, for sure the coronavirus won't stop it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's one big goal to, yeah, just to be the master of the destiny, like you said. I hope it works. Yeah, I hope so too. I hope yeah. so too. Um, well, we've, we've got into Olympics now, so let's let's talk about them because you're uh, a veteran of a of a whole host of Olympic games. Have you got a favourite? <laughs> Difficult one, you know. I mean, London was incredible. The yeah. setup was incredible. Horse Guards Parade. I mean, that was yeah, that was how beach volleyball should be. Yeah, but we didn't play very good there so <laughs> i have to switch to rio because you know that's more or less where our sport is coming from the us yeah. and, uh, and and brazil and playing on the copacabana winning against um, alice and bruno who were the olympic winners uh, after all 
in front of 12,000 crazy Brazilian fans, that was just the game you always will remember. And that just made it very special to me. It's amazing how different two arenas can be. Same size court, sand beneath your feet, but, but one is in front of a royal palace and one is in front <laughs> of a world-famous beach. just shows how amazing the sport is. And do you feel sort of lucky and privileged to have sort of both of those memories on, on equal footing? It's, it's, yeah, it's I mean, very special. It, it's very special. I, I've been to, to Beijing 2008. Mm. I was qualified for 2004 for Athens, but then I ripped my ACL just one, uh, one month before, so I couldn't go there. So my history with the, with the Olympic Games is quite special, and uh, I really feel privileged to, you know, to enjoy those games, to see the biggest sports event in, in, in the world, where all the people from all around the countries of the world are coming together, and it's just very fair and very... The sportsmanship is written in big letters there. So I wish for every professional athlete mm. to go there because that's just a very, yeah, it's, it's very cool to be there. What's, the, what's the, the secret to the Olympics then? In fact, before we get into that, um, how much outside of your sport do you get to experience during the Olympics? Do you go and watch any other sports? Do you spend much time meeting people in the athletes village or are you just super focused on 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 the beach volleyball and and maximizing your achievements there uh, i think it changed at the first olympics of course we tried to watch all the sports we can we can do and you know we went to indoor we went to tennis uh, we did everything we, we we've been in the olympic village mm. for example at the last olympic games we didn't go to the Olympic Village because we know it's a very long way back and forth. Yes, we've we've yeah. seen it, we've been there. Um, I think the more Olympic uh, games you've played, the more you focus really on the sport. I mean, mm -hmm. we always were focusing on the sport, but um, when you've been at, or when I've been at my first Olympics, of course, I wanted to enjoy everything. And uh, I think it was very important for me to do the, 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 the ceremony at the beginning because that's really nice to see yeah. how that works um but of course the main focus should be on your sport that's that's for sure of course and with all this this time off now have you started to think about life after volleyball and, and what you do next i think that comes with the years anyway um the older i got of course the more you have to think what you're gonna or want to do uh, after and that's a very tricky question because i think with our job being mm -hmm. professional beach volleyball player i really think we chose the best job in the world because our offices yes. are the nicest beaches in the world <laughs> who can say that you know and uh i think that makes it really difficult to have a you know normal job um yeah which is also positive in, in very many aspects because then you don't travel so much and then you'll be more home with your family. So there are always two sides of, of each, each, each story. But now I, I started a, a university, online university. Oh, so I'm okay. making a degree now and I try to prepare slowly for the life after sports. What's the degree in? It's business administration and sports. Everything and nothing, <laughs> but uh, no. My my goal is to you know to be still in, in the sports business after all, and um, that's that's what 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 interests me the most. And uh, but I don't have the real plan B after mm. beach volleyball. 
Well, tell me about Austria then, because I've been a few times, not for volleyball, but just for, for other sports and other reasons. And all the, all the people I meet, I mean, I've got one friend, Marcus, who's an MC. He does um, loads of stuff with handball and a little bit with volleyball as well. And he's just super charismatic, super enthusiastic. The he's guy with the head? Uh, the guy with the head, the, the hat, yeah, yeah and, the, and the beard, yeah. and the and the. Oh, you know Marcus. Yeah, of oh. course, of course. I did a lot of stuff with him already. Oh, cool. Okay, um, he's a he's a brilliant guy, and I love him. And for me, he sort of typifies the Austrian attitude to like sport and entertainment, and and it feels as though you guys really sort of treat those things specially. Does it does it feel like that for you? Um. I would say that the Austrians are, we're quite funny, even yeah. though we, I don't know. Yeah, I think we're quite funny. And we are really sports enthusiasts. Um, Austria, you know, we are a ski nation. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why for us, it's very hard with playing beach volleyball because we are so good in skiing, so good in ski jumping, whatever, you know. And this is the real, like, this is the sport number one in Austria together with football. Yeah. But, um, you know, we have since many, many years a great tournament, beach volleyball tournament, back then in Klagenfurt, now in Vienna on the Danube Island. And I think uh, we made a very big step ahead with, uh, you know, being the prime, one of the prime sports uh, in Austria. And yeah. if you go there, if you ever come to Vienna, you have to come to the beach volleyball tournament because then you, re you really can see how Austrians can party, how Austrians can be fair. And we just, you know, enjoy the, the great atmosphere there. I, I think that's very charismatic for our people. This I, I'd love to go. When, when everything blows over and we're back to normal, I have got a list of things that I'm yeah, coming to. And that, that is going to be one of them. I've had, I've had a little taste of Austrian party before. Um, I went and skied in Salvak and Hinterglem and <laughs> That's a good ski resort. Yeah, really, <laughs> yeah, really yeah. good. The um, Austrians know how to upgrade ski. We, we call it upgrade ski. They yeah. go crazy there. Uh, yeah, with the, with the music and the goats, and it just everything. goes so crazy. Uh, I tell you something you also do really well is snow volleyball. Have you ever tried that? Actually, yes. I played one tournament, I think, 20 years ago. No then it was a very big break and now it starts to you know get more professional i think for austria it's a good way to be summer and winter mm. and indoor you know i think uh, that's very important and we have great ski resorts and uh, you know i think it's a good idea to be in a such a big ski nation like austria also be present with the with the volleyball yeah but my personal opinion is, is that um, it will grow and grow and grow bigger. Even maybe it will be one one time uh, an Olympic sport. Who knows? You know, then you have winter and summer. I hope so. I mean, I went to the European Championships in Wagrain a couple of years yeah. ago, and it was the end of the season, so the sun was out. It was warm. People were were crowding around. They had the the DJs there. It was a great atmosphere. It was. It almost felt like a beach tournament because, of course, the sport's the most important thing with beach, but people might come the first time because there's the sunshine and the music, but sure. then they see the sport and they think, oh, here we go. I've, I've, I've found me. I'm, I'm, I'm here for the, for the beach volleyball, <laughs> for the sport. But, uh, but who knows, if we could have volleyball in the Summer Olympics and the Winter Olympics, that'd be pretty cool, right? 
Yeah, I think it's, you know, the mixture has to be the right one. So I think a great event should have the mixture of professional sports, mm -hmm. good sports. And, you know, people should party, people should enjoy themselves. And um, in Austria for the beach volleyball tournament, Hannes Jagerhofer, the CEO and mm -hmm. the promoter of the tournament, he knows exactly how to combine those very important things. So I think if, if snow volleyball gets also bigger and um, maybe a little bit more professional in terms of uh, who is playing there and how, how they play, I think it can be big. Why not? Well, you talk about fun there and enjoying it. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete or a coach or a fan or whatever. If you're not enjoying it, there's no point. It, it has to no. be something fun, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, we as a speech volleyball family, we, we have to, you know, sell a little bit the parties and the, mm -hmm. the feeling that you're maybe, you know, going somewhere where you have the feeling that you're on vacation. Why not? Yeah. People should enjoy themselves. Um, and I think that's that's a very big big issue to for the promoters that they, of course, focus on the sport, but also the the whole things around the, the sport. It's it's also very important. Okay, before I let you get back to your daughter and your weights <laughs> and your Barbie dolls, uh, let's have a quick a uh, quick fire round. I'm going to give you a choice of a couple of things, and you need to give me the first answer. Okay. Right. All right. It's match point. Would you rather win it with a spike or a block? Block. Gym session or day off? Gym session. Oh, very good. If you could have one beach volleyball partner who was not Austrian, who would you pick? Phil Dalhauser for sure. If you could change one thing about your professional career, what would it be? Having uh, healthy knees. <laughs> uh, would you want your daughter to be a pro athlete yeah why not sure yeah why not exactly yeah. uh would you rather win two nil or two one two nil and would you rather have hands for feet or feet for hands <laughs> <laughs> hands for feet i don't know <laughs> Oh, good one to finish on. Uh, mate, thank you so much for your time. I was bored before we spoke, but <laughs> now, now I'm feeling great. And when we come out of the other side of this, I will see you on a beach somewhere, hopefully at the tournament in Austria. How does that sound? I will invite you. You have to come. You because now you already have Austrian friends, so you know you have no excuses. You have to come. Yeah, no excuses. That's all I need to know. I don't need a second yeah. invitation to a party. Uh, look after yourself and look after your family, mate, and we'll speak soon, you too. okay? That was Clemens Doppler. Uh, Matt, we'll start with you for a change. What were your thoughts after listening to him? Just a real nice down to earth guy. And that comes across from his Instagram. I mean, some of the stuff he's been he's been pumping out on his Instagram during this lockdown just shows how much he loves what he does, really. I mean, he's got all sorts of clips with him doing skills with the volleyball, fit, fitness stuff in his back backyard. Um, and yeah, that was the main thing that came across to me, just a real down-to-earth nice guy. And you can tell just in the way he talks that he would gain kind of respect from everyone across the sport just from the way he conducts himself. So, And that came across in the video group. Okay. Yeah, same. I mean, he obviously spoke from experience. He seemed like the kind of person who, as he said, he's been to a few Olympics. And what was he? He said something like, the more Olympics you go to, the more you focus yeah. on the actual sport itself. And I just thought to myself, only someone who's been to 
you know, three or four Olympics could actually say that with a straight face. But yeah, no, he seemed like an awesome guy. But I can understand that's true, though, can't you? The first Olympics you go to, there's so many extra things that are not at a normal event. It must be hard. It must be hard. Yeah, there's so much. Yeah, there's so much distraction, and you do go there. And the event itself, the whole, the whole Olympics as a whole, is definitely. You go there for that. You go there for seeing other sports, for seeing other Olympians, for getting a sense of the city a little bit. So yeah, I, I guess the shine has worn off after a while. I mentioned it um, at the start before we listened to the full unscripted. But the thing that really struck me was his mentality i mean it's it's one thing qualifying for four olympics going to three and having a fifth on the horizon but to have three knee constructions in that time as well and even 20 years into a pro career say if knee injuries aren't going to stop me there's no way coronavirus will that speaks of like a teeny tiny percentile of human beings who are capable of that mental strength over that period of time. I mean, Key, you've been you've been a pro for ten years. Imagine doing it for another ten and <laughs> and having all of those other things going on in your life that you've got to battle through too. That's a that's a special mentality, isn't it? Yeah. Well, also, I think when you decide that you're an athlete, you are a professional volleyball or beach volleyball player. You want to be the one to decide when you're not going to do it anymore. So I know a lot of people who've overcome, yeah, knee surgeries. I know one girl I played with had like three ACLs done. And I just thought to myself, your body's trying to tell you something. I think I've been really lucky because I've, oh my gosh, I'm going to knock on all kinds of things before I say this, but. I'm touching wood for you as well. Yeah, thank you. I haven't had any huge injuries like that to sort of overcome and 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 try to work through. I've always just been lucky, so. Yeah, it definitely takes a, a certain kind of individual. The thing that really got me was you always think about yourself in these kind of situations. I mean, we don't have many coronavirus situations, but everything around you is what you think about. But then I realized these beach guys had spent the whole winter preparing for a season that was just about to start and it was stopped. Yeah. And what yeah. they don't really know what to do, do they? Do they carry on training as if it's pre-season? Do they have to kind of reduce a bit because you can't sustain pre-season or, 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 you know, out of season for that long. So, yeah, it, I was thinking of it from a volleyballer's point of view to begin with because we were in the mid-season of the Champions League. But the beach guy is completely different. I was actually just speaking to one of my teammates about this, how, how we're feeling about the fact that our championship was taken away from us, but they didn't even get to start. If you're a beach player, you didn't even, you know, have day one. That must have been much harder. What do you think is more frustrating? Well, I have a phrase that maybe applies here. It's better to have loved and lost than never loved at all. <laughs> so I think I'd rather play and then have it stopped than never have played. I think that's what I'd prefer. Because at least you can finish in a certain position. If you finish in the top, you know, in the top of the league, you can, you, you've got that to hold on to and say, all right, we did. We did what we came to yeah. do. But you're all on the even yeah. playing field if no one's mm. even started. Everyone could say they were going to win. <laughs> the positive is that they potentially can all go back to South Africa and spend more time there and do another pre-season before the season actually starts because they all love it out there, don't they? That is something that I've learned plenty doing unscripted, but one thing I have learned is that they all love South Africa. They absolutely love it. And Ca mm. Cape Town in particular, yeah. isn't it? Have you been, Kitty? No, that's on my list. I would love to go to South Africa. It's when she converts to beach, Dave. That's when she'll go to South Africa. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Do I have to play exactly. beach volleyball to go there? Or can I just go on vacation? <laughs> is that also allowed? Well, if you do, you'll go there anyway. It's just, yeah, apparently Cape Town is the nicest beach, the best place to train, the best place for beach volleyball, mm. full stop. And no one said anywhere else, I don't think, Dave. How many have we done now? 
Everyone has said a it's, lot. Yeah, everyone has said it's their favourite place. Huh. Back to Clemens. Uh, the other, a lot of the other beach players we've done, one that particularly sticks out is is Maki Slukova, completely unprompted, mentioned Clemens in terms of the fact that he's one of the most respected men on tour. And I think you can tell that, can't you? Okay, and he has a kind of position, I think, in the sport that is uh, like on a pedestal, but not mm -hmm. in like a performance way, but in a kind of guy or, or person way. He's kind of up there and everyone says, okay. And I'm sure whenever they have any of their kind of internal player discussions, a lot a lot of people would be waiting for Clemens to maybe raise his voice and give his view. That's, pro that's how I view it. I'm not sure if that's the reality. And he was very much enjoying being at home. That, that's the other thing. He, he talked about he's always glad to spend some time at home because he's always on the road as a beach player. So hopefully he's enjoying some downtime after this these 20 years of... Well, and also of, yeah, time with his... Year after year. Time with his family as well. You know how difficult that can be, Matt, because you commute from England to Luxembourg. I mean, his travel is, is amplified, but it's still, if you're away from home, you're away from home. How has it been spending more time with your kids? Incredible. There's no other word for it. It's, it's time you kind of didn't think you'd have and it'll be the same with Clemens I mean he'll be working out during the day he'll be doing things that are part of his career during the working hours but it's the ability mm. to spend every night at home and every dinner to be sat at the same table and not kind of dialing in on on FaceTime or whatever to have have a, a pretend virtual dinner where you're sat on you know another country eating and they're sat around a table without you and there's that empty chair so yeah I totally can understand his his pleasure of spending some time at home the question is how long that still feels like a treat, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? That's that's the question. At what point do you think, actually, no, I need to get back to, to kind of what I was doing? On the competition side of things, his eyes lit up when he started to talk about his home event in Vienna. Have you have either of you ever been to that? I have, yeah. How was it? Oh, yeah, pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. I mean, the city itself is amazing just to go there and visit, but then yeah. the, the setup of, of the beach volleyball, they have a huge... Huge arena and lots of, I think lots of, yeah, lots of fans go and it's a real good, it's a great mm. time. And I think, as you said, it's, it's important that there's a bit of atmosphere and a bit of sort of party around beach volleyball, which is kind of what's going to help grow the sport in the end. And it was cool that he was, he sort of recognized that and said, yeah, it's important. Yeah. Come for the party and stay for the sport. I, did you say you have been to the tournament, Matt? I, I kind of have. So the, the, when you're a behind-the-scenes guy, you end up doing behind-the-scenes things. So I had a meeting in Vienna during the World Championships 2017. And we had, like, I think three hours off between two different sessions. And I pretty much took a taxi there, went to the venue, walked around it. There was one game happening, but it was one of the mm. earlier ones in the day. Um, so I saw the behind-the-scenes, I saw the setup. The, the crowds weren't too big because it was really early. And then I left just before everyone else probably arrived to watch and enjoy some beach volleyball. Um, but I went to see the organisation. That, that's why I went. I'm planting the seed now. In episode zero of the Ace Space, we all said that there were going to be specials from big events. So if I if I plant the seed and Key and Matt, you water it and Louis and Dan water it as well, maybe we can do a special from Vienna for the beach tournament. Oh, yes. I'm in. Yeah, so this is done via Zoom. Um, as we keep mentioning, it's audio only, but we can all see each other. And I said that, and straight away, Key smiled and pumped to a fist, and Matt just recoiled because he knows there's going to be repercussions in the CV office for me getting ideas above my pay grade. But um, if you are if you are listening and you'd like to fire us out and put us up, then we'd love to go. I mean, I, I love Vienna. Weirdly, uh, the only time I've been there 
for volleyball is when I couldn't get a Russian visa for the Champions League final. So I did the commentary from a broom cupboard in Vienna. Honestly, I could barely fit in there. And there was this little TV screen and just called <laughs> one of the most amazing games where um, Alfredo Leon served the ace for Zenit to, to win the Champions League. Yeah. Leon's final. Leon's final. He, he, yeah, he swung it. Anyway. We digress again, but those are the things I love about these podcasts. What were your takeaways from Clemens Doffer then? We will start with you, Key. Takeaways. Hmm. Um, my favourite question that you asked him was hands for feet or feet for hands. <laughs> I think we really got I think we really got to know him through that question, particularly. What would you choose? I, I, oh God, I think I'd probably choose hands for feet. Better to have more hands than more feet, right? Always. Surely it's hands for feet every time. Tell me someone who wouldn't. There you go. You can write in if you choose feet over hands. So you have four feet. Why would you want four feet? (laughs) Unless you're a soccer player, in which case that's the only... It's a silly question. Everyone would go for four four hands. Only case scenario would be if you're a soccer player and you can never get called for a handball. Yeah, that, that's a good point. That, <laughs> that is a good point. Matt, your True. takeaways from Clemens? I just love it that he's he's still after twenty years wanting to be the master of his own destiny. That's yeah. what I that's what I love. He's he's still thinking, okay, no, gonna go out on my terms, virus, wait for that to be over. Tokyo, deal with that. See if we qualify for a fifth. Um yeah, and then who knows after that. He's obviously looking into other options and he said he was taking an online course to bridge the gap between playing and managing. Um, so yeah, he's already thinking about it clearly, and then probably he's moved that course to study on more because of the coronavirus. Um, so yeah, and, and hopefully he'll he'll stay in the sport and certainly do some media work when he does finish playing. With regards to the destiny thing, I remember listening to um, another podcast with two people that a lot of our European listeners probably won't have heard of, but footballer Robbie Savage and cricketer. Andrew Flintoff. Now, Flintoff being one of the best all-rounders in the game and Savage having a great career too. Uh, And they were talking about retiring. And Robbie Savage woke up one day, turned to his wife and said, this is my last season and did it all in his own terms. Had a great season and Mm. retired happy. Whereas Flintoff, when he retired, he was bowling faster than he'd ever bowled before, but his body kept letting him down. And Savage thrived in retirement and Flintoff was was depressed. He moved his family across the world. He tried all manner of different things to try and get those same endorphins, the same kick that he got out of being a brilliant cricketer and he couldn't get it. So Clemens wanting to be in charge of his own destiny. I'd say that is probably a theme that runs throughout the DNA of, of pretty much every pro athlete. And if you are lucky enough to, to sort of close the book on your career then then I think that's uh, that's hugely important I mean without wanting to to be too too dour key you're probably closer to the end of your pro career than the start of it is that <laughs> something in your consideration yeah it's actually that's spot on exactly what you just said every conversation I've had with friends and family go exactly like that I've mm. had a great career I love volleyball but I want to end on my own terms so mm. I'm sort of looking for those I'm looking for the stars to align let's say as Maggie Kozik would say I'm sort of looking for those signs and you know what for example just recently the other day someone called my friend called me and said oh I want to book you for some photography and then uh, another thing happened and then you guys called up and said let's do some podcasts together and it kind of like 
one thing after another seems like it's pulling me in that direction. And if I get to choose and say, right, now's the time, then I'll be, I'll be much happier in the future for sure. Yeah. But but you're still so young, Key. So young, I, I mean, know. is nearly forty, and he's still going for Tokyo Twenty One. I like I'm, the fact I'm you've sorry. got that in, Matt, because we're all the same age. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I can tell you, you're nowhere near forty. So it must be really really difficult because volleyball it consumes you, doesn't it? Yeah. It's the same with me. I didn't start with anything with volleyball until I was in sixth form. So that's what sixteen, seventeen. And then I did it for fun. And that ended up deciding my university. That university then decided my job. That led to London. And, and now volleyball's been my career since since year dot. So, yeah, yeah it, is, it does consume you. And retirement as a player is something that I can imagine is, is a difficult thing to, to, to weigh up and then decide on. Absolutely. And it becomes part of your identity. Being an athlete, I don't think that... I don't think I'll ever call myself retired. I think I will always call myself a professional athlete because I feel like I've deserved that. You know, I feel like I've earned that title, you know, whether or not I actually am getting paid or still actually playing or if I just talk about volleyball, I think I'll always call myself an athlete. You've got tenure, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got my PhD and in, in I'm, writing my, I'm writing my doctorate. Well, this is podcast five for you, Key, isn't it? Podcast five. Oh so- my gosh. You can soon call yourself a pro podcaster. I could. I can actually. I might start calling myself a podcaster. This is now you saying <laughs> podcast five. That is now commitment to us releasing these in order. So thanks, Matt. <laughs> Chaos theory <laughs> is right. out of the window. And for what it's worth, Key, I'm delighted you're here. And Matt, I am delighted you're here as well. I'm also delighted you're here wherever you listen to us around the world. Thank you. Let us know what you thought of that and let us know what you thought of Clemens Doppler. You've heard what we think. Brilliant guy. And we're looking forward to him getting back out on the sand and fingers crossed for him that he can stay injury free and qualify for another Olympic Games. Get in touch. The hashtag is let volleyball talk. But from myself, Dave Rogers, from Key Michael and from Matt Rogers. Oh, uh, sorry, Key. I forgot. It's your bit. When are these out again? Oh, no. (laughs) These are coming out on Mondays and Fridays. So... Listen to them. <laughs> and we forgot something else, Dave. We forgot something else. We, we are rubbish. Key has uh, to declare the setter she finds it hardest oh, yes. to read. Oh, no. Yes. I thought you guys were going to forget Gee, about that. Oh. No, we don't forget anything. Well, I All did. Right, we don't on, forget anything. We may be a little bit late whilst Dave is doing his big wind-up for the outro, do you, but we remember. Do you not want to save it for the next podcast now and leave, leave the listeners No, what? No. Just leave We're them. not giving you any more time to think about it. <laughs> Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. I thought the question was, who's the best setter you've ever played against? That's, so. It's kind of the question, <laughs> but we'll, we'll take that as an answer. Yeah, cool. So I, I gave it a little bit of thought. I gave it at least 35 seconds of thought. And I realized with my memory being the way it is, like a goldfish, I don't never going to remember all the players I've played against, all the setters I've played against. So I decided I would just choose a setter that I really like, a friend of mine. <laughs> so I'm choosing Femke Stoltenborg. Well, a solid choice. Why are you looking like it's anticlimactic? She's a great setter. No, absolutely. It's not. It's more the thirty-five seconds. That's what disappoints me. I was expecting at least a minute's thought. Look, I'm busy girl. All right, quarantine. Got a lot of things going on. <laughs> busy girl. At the start of every episode, what have you been up to? Well, no, really the same as the same as usual. <laughs> Okay, I've done all the big information uh, where we usually say goodbye. So now I think we should all say goodbye in three, two, one. Bye, Bye, everyone.